You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 128. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or you want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. Also, Pet Sitters Associates is offering Prosperous Pet Business Podcast listeners $15 off when you join today by using the discount code PODCAST at checkout. To find out more, go to the podcast show notes page at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 128. Hi, pet business owners. So today's episode is not a coaching session with a pet business owner. It is an interview that a woman named Marianne did with me on her podcast called Message in the Middle. So Marianne is a really interesting person. She created her Message in the Middle podcast when she was going through a big transformation. She had lost a large amount of weight. She had separated from a job and from the company that she had been with for over 25 years. And she was really looking to reclaim her life by finding balance, creating healthy habits, and taking time for the things that she loves to do, but she hadn't made time for in many years. So For some of you, that may sound familiar, (laughs) at least the last part, (laughs) the trying to reclaim time for yourself, right? And so she interviewed me on her podcast. Again, the podcast is called Message in the Middle, and she generously allowed me to release this podcast for all of you Prosperous Pet Business podcast listeners. So I'm very grateful for that. And I want to share a little bit about this interview that she did with me. So the topic was Finding Balance and Joy, A Guide to Self-Discovery and Joyful Living. So if you are someone who has not had fun in a while, or you may even find your eyes glazing over when somebody asks you what is fun for you, you're in the right place here. (laughs) Or if you'd like to bring more fun and joy into your life and actually create time for it, to not have it go to the bottom of your to-do list, this episode will help you with that. So in this interview, I sat down with Marianne to talk about how I implement consistent practices to set the intention of creating more joy, play, and fun in my life. And this has been a muscle that has taken 
a while for me to strengthen and develop. As someone who is a real go-getter in life, it can be challenging for me to work this muscle of play and fun, but it is absolutely crucial. And the older I get, the more important I realize how absolutely crucial it is. And so today you're going to be hearing us talk about how to set intentions for joy and fun, why it's so important, what kind of activities could be the ones that light you up and bring you joy, how to prioritize the non-work-related interests and hobbies. Are you going, oh my gosh, yes, I need that. So you'll hear about that and a lot more on this interview that Marianne interviewed me on her podcast. Again, it's called Message in the Middle. I'm so delighted to share it with you today. I hope it helps you create more fun and joy in your life and to make time for that in spite of how busy your business may be. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. We all know that life is hard, right? It's messy, it's unpredictable, but it can be wonderful all at the same time. My hope is that we can take a deep dive into self-development topics and explore life's lessons through book clubs, conversations, and interviews. And together, we can uncover the lessons that others have already learned to help us navigate this crazy, wonderful ride called life. Hello and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne, and today I have Kristen Morrison with me. Kristen started a pet-sitting and dog-walking business when she was 25. It grew to be one of the largest of its kind in California. While she owned that business for nearly two decades, Kristen hired over 250 people and was featured on Yahoo Finance, New York Post, ABC, NBC, and CBS. She's an author, speaker, and founder of a six-figure pet business academy where she helps pet owners take their businesses to the next level and where she provides general business coaching for all types of business owners, entrepreneurs, and innovators. In addition to all of that, as if it wasn't enough, Kristen also is the host of two of her own podcasts, The Business Pathfinder and Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, which can be found on all the standard podcast hosting apps. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very happy to be here, Marianne. It's lovely to see you and be with you. And you guys, Kristen is coming from gorgeous Hawaii, so we should all be just a tiny bit jealous. I can see out her back window over her shoulder, and it's a gorgeous jungle out there, right? (laughs) Yes. Just this beautiful, all this beautiful plants. It's just stunning. (laughs) Yeah, we live on nine acres in the jungle here, and then we live part-time in Northern California. Mm, Glorious. Oh, yeah. It's a wild and woolly place. (laughs) It is beautiful. I guess I want to start at the beginning because based on your bio, it's clear that you have been a go-getter, super performer right out of the gate since you were a young adult, right? You've been a high achiever forever. Yeah. And I know from our intro call that you talked about you had to find that place where you could kind of turn the always on position off and learn how to balance a little better. And yes. Find some methods to slow down and relax and, and yeah. how important that was to your life. 
talk to us a little bit about how you went from kind of being that always on to the realization you had to switch that and what that sort of looked like. Yeah. So I did feel like I was always on and for a while, I really enjoyed that actually. Adrenaline. Oh, it's so cute because my dog is wanting to hop in this conversation. Yeah. So, you know, adrenaline can be really addictive. Mm-hmm. And for those of us that are type A naturally, that find a lot of value from getting things done, from ticking things off the to do list from producing and creating, you know, all of that can really reward us with money, accolades, publicity, adrenaline, all of those things can be really addictive. I agree a zillion percent. Many of us were groomed to go after those things, right? Yeah. We've been programmed that those are the things we need to look for. Exactly. And society, again, it really rewards us for achieving, for making money, for producing. And, you know, if you talk to people these days and you ask them how they're doing, more often than not, many people will say, I'm so busy. It's like this constant refrain in response to how are you doing, but it doesn't really answer the question of how are you doing? hundred percent. Yeah. And it's so cute how my dog is really into this conversation. Yeah. You guys, the dog keeps jumping up, wanting to come in and, and <laughs> say know. a little something. <laughs> well, you know, I have her toy. She's trying to play with me, you know, so she is very intuitive, this little creature. Yeah. And so for a while there, I really thrived on that. I thrived on the experience of making a lot of money, having a lot of people say, oh, you're so successful, Kristen. And really, when I was thriving on that, I wasn't tuned into what I needed. Me as a human being, I was thriving on being a human doing, but is that really the life that I want to lead? Yes. And I began to really look at that. And when I created my first business, which, as you mentioned, was a pet sitting and dog walking business, and I created that in my mid-20s, having no business experience at all. And, you know, as a result of having no business experience, I really had to hit the ground running because I got a lot of clients quickly and I had to kind of make it up as I went along or learn quickly. And I did a little of both and, you know, was able to create success out of that. I say that in quotes because really what was happening is I was working all the time. I was exhausted. You know, the part of me that felt a sense of worth and value, that need was being met on a big level. But there was another need that was not being met, which was me having time and energy for myself, the soulful me, the me who requires quiet and requires non-doing, but rather being, being with the people that I love, being with my dog, being in nature, just being still. I had very similar experiences. So I'm curious, was there something that sort of 
awoke you or made you realize? Because I get the whole, we can get addicted to it. We thrive on it. We have been trained to go after it. Yes. But typically what I'm finding out over and over from talking to people is that in many cases, this sort of something that happens, you know, bubbles up the situation and makes people take a step back and realize it. Did that happen for you? Well, it wasn't one defining moment that I can remember anyway. But for me, it was hearing over and over, you're such a successful businesswoman, Kristen. And realizing I loved that, I loved hearing it. But the truth was, when I really pondered that, I didn't feel successful. Mm. You know, I had a lot of money and I had a lot of people looking at me as if I was successful. But internally, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel successful because to me, success is having time and money. Yeah. You know, I didn't even have time to spend money. (laughs) I was so busy. And what I noticed, here's the thing, actually, if there was a defining moment for me, it was this. Whenever I would get off the busy train and slow down, either it happened naturally in my business due to my business slowing down for natural reasons, or I consciously chose to slow down by being on a retreat or something, I realized, oh, wow, these feelings are bubbling up. Things that I've pushed to the side that I have not wanted to deal with when I was so busy. And so that created a perpetual like running after busyness as a way to not feel. Yeah. And I realized at some point I have to feel this. Yes. (laughs) If I want to live the kind of life that I deeply desire, which is a life of really feeling the success, not just having financial success, which to me is intangible. It's money. We can't hug that at night. (laughs) You know, we can't, we can buy things, but you know, for a moment will feel great, but then that dissipates. Yeah. But really for me, what I realized is, oh, wow, what truly makes me happy are the relationships in my life. And I felt very lonely because I hadn't made time for relationships. And what I discovered, yeah, is if we don't make time for them for a while, then people are not going to be able to they're not going to be there for us when we actually want them to be, right? And so how are we showing up for our life? How are we showing up for our business in a way that can join our life and create a fluidity, right? That question is such an insightful question because I think often we don't even recognize we have that sort of wall up and our our relationships are only so deep because to your point, we're not making the time to prioritize them and to create that strong connection. And I think what's so interesting, we did have to spend tons of time and effort building and strengthening and deepening our business relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't be successful. I mean, that is the key to success is relationships, right? So it would seem obvious that that is something that's necessary to really nurture in personal life as well. And yet I feel like many of us 
didn't do that or don't do that as naturally. That's right. I love that you're bringing this up, Marianne, because I had this moment in 2013. This was a defining moment for me. I had really made some shifts and changes in terms of my personal life and really putting energy into friendships. But what I realized is, oh my goodness, I would love to be married. Like I had this thought when I woke up on January 1st, 2013, that I want to be married. And it's like, wow, how have I even made time for that? Like I've made time for friendships, but I haven't really put myself out there. And so I realized if I could put the type of energy that I had put into my business, into my dating life, and really put it, you know, expending time, money, and energy to find my partner, that I would, it would probably happen. Like that was a real aha moment. And so I decided to do that. And I began delegating even more intensely than I had in my business so that I could create space. I went from working, you know, 40 hours a week to working 10 hours a week. You know, I worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in that time, just like two, three hours a day so that I could really devote some energy into dating, into enjoying my life so that I wasn't this incredibly driven person when I finally met my partner, if that was to happen for me. And no joke, nine months later, after I decided that, and I began actively dating and doing some deep inner work, right? I had to really look at my beliefs, like I'm too old to be married is a thought I had. But I had to flip that around and think, what if I'm the perfect age to get married? Love that. And so that became my mantra. Like, I'm the perfect age to get married. And I ended up meeting my husband. Nine months later, we went on our first date on August 31st, 2013. And I didn't know when we went on that date that he would be my husband. But I, I knew that I really liked him. And I knew that he was a contender. And yeah, we're married. And, you know, it's not a perfect life by any means. Is anyone right? It's super challenging sometimes. We're both very strong people. He's a corporate attorney. You know, I can still slip into that very driven mode, which kind of makes him a little crazy, you know? <laughs> well, that's a good point. And we'll get into this a little bit more, but I think even the shifts, once you shift, once you rewire your thoughts, once you create new habits, the natural inclination to go back to the who you were for so many years, it's normal, right? Yeah. I mean, we talk about that a lot in the group with, we have a lot of folks on, you know, a wellness journey and weight loss and getting more fit and all that. Same thing, same thing. You can change the habits that you've had for 40, 50 years it's an ongoing effort to stay in that new mode. It is. And there's a consciousness that is required mm -hmm. to creating a transformation. Anytime we create a transformation, it really is about, at least in my life and the coaching clients that I work with, it's often about small incremental steps toward a big chain. Yeah. It's not like overnight. Yeah. And even... In meeting my partner, it took nine months, right? It wasn't like the next week I met my partner. I wasn't quite ready for him when I had decided that I wanted someone like him in my life. So it took nine months for me to actually like be ready and available and able to witness and see 
that this person could be a possibility for me. So I love that you said that. You know what I love though? And I was going to ask you about this and it's a great tie-in because you set the intention. Yes. So you set the intention that you wanted to get married. Yeah. You flipped the script on how you were thinking about that, about yourself in that perspective or that lens. Yeah. And then you set the intention. Give me some thoughts on how we can advise people to set intentions around bringing more fun and cultivating more joy in their life. Well, I mean, a simple act that can be a good first step is to really look at what brings you joy. And if for those of you listeners who have been really busy, who have been running from your feelings, no shame, right? But yeah, you're going to be like a deer in the headlights. I have no idea what brings me joy. It's been so long since I've done it, since I've done something fun. I don't know. So let me tell you something. This morning, this is a real life story. This morning, my husband and I, he was feeling pretty stressed out. He had a work call that brought him a lot of stress, okay? And I said, would you like to go on a walk with me and Lily? Lily's our dog. And he said, oh, no, I can't. I'm too busy. And I said, how about just going outside with us for a moment? And he said, okay, I can do that. And so we began walking just outside in our yard. And then we walked for a little bit and he began looking up. So when we are so busy, often we're looking straight ahead or we're looking down. We forget to look up and there's magic up there, especially when you're outside. There's trees, there's the sky. If it's at night, there's the stars, there's the moon. Look up. And so, and it wasn't like I said, look up, but that's just naturally what often happens when we're outside, right? Maybe we're looking down, maybe we're looking straight ahead, but then at some point we'll look up. And my husband began to do that. And he began to soften and like, get out of his head and into his body and into his heart. Mm. And then at a certain point, and we've never done this. We bought our house with nine acres two years ago. And there's lots of places to do this, but we've never done this. He said, let's sit down on the grass. (laughs) We usually sit on a chair or something. And I said, that sounds great. So we sat on the grass and then we actually were lying on the grass, looking up through the trees, at the blue, blue, blue sky. And it was magic. Out of character for him, yes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so sometimes it just takes, I knew that a walk would be a bridge too far. Just, you know, sweetheart, let's go outside. And we can say that to ourselves. Sweetheart, look up. Sweetheart, go outside. Look at one flower. Yes. You know, sit on the grass or call a friend. Like do something simple. Simple things bring joy. One thing that I ask people, and this is a really fun question to ask people, especially people that you are meeting for the first time, say at a party or something, it can be an icebreaker. You can say, what's something good that happened for you today? So it's not gratitude because, you know, what are you grateful for? That's something that so many people say and it's kind of overused, but what's something good that happened today? And when I say that 
to strangers, especially their head will kind of cock like a bird and they'll go, and often they'll say, that's a good question. And they'll get out of their own way. You know, maybe they were on a mission to, you know, talk to me about business or ask me a question totally unrelated. But what it does is it, it gets us out of our head and into our hearts. Yeah, it takes it down a notch. It really does. Yeah. So that can be the beginning of joy finding. You know, it's sort of like having a metal detector, <laughs> like a joy detector. And so how can you begin to look for the little beep beeps? Yeah. Not the loud beep beeps that, you know, really you would hear on a metal detector, but the beginning ones that cause you to create a stepstone to joy. So What's something good that happened today can be a question you could ask your partner or a family member, any kind of family member, you know, and even asking yourself that question, what's something good that happened today? So that can begin to look at where do I experience joy? Joy and good are usually the same things, right? Yeah. I mean, what that makes me think of is it can make you start to recognize the places and things that do bring you joy. That's right. You know, when you were talking about, I'm thinking, yeah, that's me. You guys, I raised my hand. Like I've said this out loud. Like I struggle to relax, to let myself go, to have fun, all those things. And I'm just starting to, you know, kind of do that work and open up. And that was my word of the year this year was fun. And I think though, to your point is if you start to really instead of always thinking about the big things, which are great too, add some big things in. Totally. That you've always wanted to do or that really make you laugh, whatever. But I think it is similar to the gratitude in that the more you notice things that you're grateful for, we all know the more comes in. That's right. The more you recognize, the more is there. You focus on those kind of things. So I think the more you call out, recognize, name it. This is the thing today, or these are the things that really brought me a moment of joy today. And it can be as small as a flower. That's right. Then I do think it will help cultivate and and make you realize that you have more there. You just have to tune into it maybe. Yeah. And I think especially for those of us that are feeling a lot of stress on a daily ongoing basis, there's a lot somatically that gets locked in our bodies that makes it hard for us to relax. And so sometimes our body can be the gateway or the trailhead to begin to open up to joy. But if our bodies are so locked up and our shoulders are so stressed, it's going to be hard to tap into that. And so one of the things that I do, a practice that I do on a regular ongoing basis these days, is something called breath work. And it's circular breathing. I don't just do it. There's an online program that I use. There's apps that you could, you know, find lots of ways to access these breathwork sessions. And you can do them on your own. You can wear a headset and they will guide you usually with music to do circular breathing, which can then, for me, what happens is it really helps me get into my body. It helps me release tension and stress that have been locked away for literally years. And it is 
it is one of the most powerful practices that I have discovered to really begin to feel joy. Because again, if we're so tense and we try to experience joy, we're going to be experiencing it in our head, which is okay, but it's not the full Monty. And really, if our bodies are more relaxed, and for some people, it may be doing yoga. For others, it may be going on a regular walk where, you know, our hips are moving and our arms are moving and we're able to really let go. Like, however... That's the key. It is. That's the key. And that's the... I want to just stop there and tune into that for a second. Yep. Because I think it's important to recognize that you can, I guess, have fun or whatever, or receive it at different levels. Because I do feel like sometimes if you're kind of, I'm going to wound up too tight or whatever, Mm. too tense, too stressed out, you can't really receive it fully. So I think to your point, finding that mechanism to really unwind, to really let loose, I think that's that's probably a a big factor for some of us that haven't quite gotten there yet. Completely. And so for some people, it might be dancing, like put Mm. on a really fantastic song that gets you, you cannot not dance, whatever that might be. Some people aren't dancers. So it might be breath work. It might be yoga, but really bring your body into this conversation, Mm. right? It's important if you can let go in your body, then you'll probably be able to let go in your spirit, in your soul, in your heart. You know, it really is the gateway, I believe, to the access point to be able to experience and be open to joy in its many forms. And I feel like this may sound corny as hell, but (laughs) I feel like joy is all around It's up to us to open up, to see it, to really see it. And sometimes we may need to say it out loud. For example, I've got a crazy chicken. Okay, this is going to be kind of weird, but I've got a crazy chicken who her name is Henrietta. And she is often at our screen door at our kitchen, looking in, wanting food. She thinks she's a house chicken. She's not. So what I will do is I will say to my husband, oh my God, Henrietta is at the door. And we start to crack up, you know, but sometimes I don't even notice her because I'm in my head and I'm not really even seeing her. There is a chicken at my door. Like that should be funny every single time it happens. That's cookie, you know? But if I'm in my head, I'm not connected. Yeah. So I think the key there is learning to notice when you're stuck in your head, right? Yeah. 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 And how can you begin to get out of it? Mm -hmm. So even before the joy list, the things that bring you joy, big and small, is looking at, is your body tense? How can you let go in your body to be able to open up, to be able to receive joy? And once you've been able to do that, perhaps asking your partner, what's something good that happened today? They will say something and they will nine times out of 10 ask you back. 
What's something good that happened today? If you don't have a partner, ask your friend that. Ask your family member. And then create the list. That's a great strategy. So do something to relieve the stress and let your body relax. Yeah. And then create the list and create the dialogue, but also the practice because it takes practice, right? It does. Right. So if you start doing that repeatedly, Mm -hmm. you're going to build the habit over time. And I also think to your point about your chicken, Henrietta, it's a little kooky. It's a little kooky to talk about. And I think doing some of these things feel a little kooky at first, right? When you're not used to it. That's right. It feels uncomfortable. It does. And, you know, I'm so used to asking, like, what's something good that happened today to people? I'm a part of a co-working video connection. So I get matched with strangers all over the world and I do video co-working, basically. It's, it's wonderful. And so I often ask that question to strangers. And there are times where I'm like, oh God, I, I feel shy about asking. I don't, they look so serious. <laughs> I think they're going to be cranky if I yes. ask this, you know, but then I do it and they smile mm-hmm. and they often say, ah, oh, that is a great question. Like they shock me with their response. I have a preconceived notion of how I think they're going to react. It's actually up to me to get out of my own way and just ask the question. And then there's this incredible rapport that happens Mm -hmm. that really lightens us both up. That's what I was just going to say. That question snaps them out of that seriousness. Totally. And out of their head too, because think about it. Like you've been to meetings or you've been to calls and you're in your head yeah. thinking, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I got to accomplish. This yeah. is how I have to come across whatever, right, whatever, all the things. That's right. That's right. And probably when you ask that question, it sort of knocks them off guard and they're like, wait, what? Wait, what? And oh, they have to tune it does. in. And most people who are part of the video co-working are, they are type A's. They are on there because they're accountable. They're going to get stuff done. Let's get to it. And so part of it is you check in and then you go on mute and then you check out, you know? And so I am throwing a wrench in there. I'm like, what's something good? Wait, before we dive in, what's something good? And they go, oh, that is a great question. Or they just, it's like they get out of their trance. Yes. Yes. And have to be present. That's right. And they see me as a person instead of somebody that is a vehicle for them to get stuff done. Yeah. Right? I am a human being asking them a very humanizing question. I like that. I like it for what it does in that specific setting and the conversation and how it builds that dialogue between two people. But I also like it because it's training yourself to look for those things. It is. It is. And What I found, because sometimes I get matched with people again and again, like in the future, maybe it's been a month or two, but I can tell when I last worked with them and, and I'll say like, what's something good? And they'll go, you're the, what's something good person. (laughs) And, and they'll say, I started doing that. And so it's like this ripple effect of what's something good. Love that. And it's helping people get out of their own way. Well, and spread joy. That's right. It spreads joy. Yeah. And it can be a very simple thing. Like some people will say, I had a 
incredible peanut butter and jelly sandwich today, you know, and others will say, I got a phone call with my mom and we often have difficult conversations, but today was a really good conversation. So all over the map, but it gives them a minute to really think about that and tap into it. I like that. It does. And they get to go as deep or as light as they want to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. So we've talked about setting intentions and building a practice around joy and finding ways to relax our body and be in an open state for it, bringing more awareness to it. I know one of the things that you coach people on is, in general, is goal setting Yes, and achieving goals. I want to go beyond the setting. So let's say we've set some goals. We're saying, here's some of the things I'm going to do to try to cultivate this practice of joy and fun in my daily life. Mm -hmm. Give us some of your best advice on not getting stuck and moving towards those goals to fruition. Because I think we all know in January, everybody sets a bunch of goals and (laughs) lots of them fall to the wayside, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of people struggle with the consistency to meet them. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's true. It's true. So, you know, I can talk about my own practice and then in my work with my coaching clients, which is the same because I practice what I preach. It's important to me and it works for me. And so I know it'll likely work for my clients. So what I do is every year I set 10 goals. Some of those are personal goals. Some of those are business goals. And it's really important for me as somebody who tends to get stuff done to include some fun goals. So the personal goals are often exciting and fun for me. Now, every so I set annual goals, 10 annual goals, and then every month I create monthly goals that are based on those annual goals. And then every week I create weekly goals that are based on the monthly goals. Okay. You're eating that elephant one bite at a time. You're breaking it down into smaller and smaller chunks. That's right. That's right. And that's great in theory. A lot of us, we all know that, that that is something that's important to do. It's one thing to know that. It's another thing to actually do it. Mm -hmm. There's a particular software system that I use that actually allows me to not only write my goals and keep my goals on there, but to track them and score them. And then create them, right? So each month I score my goals for the prior month and then I create new goals based on what I haven't accomplished and the new things that I want to accomplish. Same with the weekly goals. I can write them down and then score them. And that becomes something that I do that keeps me on track. If I notice that the goals that are fun, are not getting attention, I often notice that my emotional life is not where I want it to be. I mean, it really is a barometer for how well I'm doing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of it. And so that's why it's so important. It has impact. And it not only impacts all of those realms, emotional, mental, spiritual for me, but it has impact on my business goals as well. If all I'm doing is business, that is not a fun life. 
and I am going to be resentful. And it's probably going to take me at least five times as long to do my business goals, to accomplish those business goals, because I'm not infusing fun in my life. And so there's going to be a part of me that is going to be upset and maybe even angry at me. Kristen, you know, what's the point of this life? If all I'm doing is toiling, that is not the life I want to live. Okay. And so there's something powerful about really staying on track with that in terms of goals. And you don't need a software system to do this. You can get a pad of paper, write 10 goals. You can then write your first month's goals. You can then write your first week's goals. You can score it up to 100%. It can be very low tech. You know, we tend as humans, especially high achieving humans, to make things more complicated than they need to be. And then what happens is we may not do them. So be willing to do it on a very small scale. Get a pad of paper out. Write 10 goals. Have five of those goals be business. Five of those goals be personal. Make sure some of those personal goals are fun, you know, and maybe you don't know yet what fun is. Have one of the goals be figure out what it, what's fun for me. I have a family member who is in the midst of a very intense divorce right now. He has been really putting all of his energy for the last number of years on his kids and his wife. His kids are now teenagers. They're really not interested in hanging out with him. His wife, you know, they're splitting up. He has no idea. I asked him, what do you like to do for fun? He said, I don't know, sis. I don't know. And I'm like, sweetheart, it's okay. It's totally understandable that you do not know what fun is. He doesn't really even have close friendships because his whole energy has been spent on his kids, again, who are now teenagers. They don't want to hang out with them. They likely will when they get older. I keep telling him that, you know, his marriage is ending and he is like in this big midlife crisis of who am I and what do I enjoy doing? And so it's bittersweet. And so let's not wait until a crisis hits to determine who we are and what we enjoy doing and who we enjoy doing things with. Find your friends get friends, find your joy. Where is it? What is it? I love that message because I think many of us do wait. I think this is common, what you just talked about with him. Maybe not the divorce side, but think about how many people go through this when they're children. They become empty nesters, right? Yes. Same. Very common to become an empty nester and then look around and go, Wait, what do I do with my spare time? What what makes me happy? Because no longer are you filling those moments with going to the soccer games or running to cheerleading or whatever it is. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're not being filled up with the kids' stuff. That's right. So fill yourself up with you. Yes. What do you enjoy? Yes. Do it while the kids are young, if possible. <laughs> but it's never too late, actually, to find our joy. Never. Right. I coach people who are in their 80s, Mm. and they are determining their joy. And that is a exquisitely beautiful thing. 
when they are like, you know, my partner died or, you know, my spouse died after all these years of marriage. I love that. I don't know who I am. And I say, let's find out. Yes. Let's explore this. You have, if you are still breathing, you have life left to live. Make it good. Enjoy it. Have fun. Have fun. And, you know, it's also, for me, part of having fun, and maybe for some listeners, is doing some deep inner work to really determine, like, why have I given all of my joy away or my power away to the people in my life? Why have I lived my life through others? Why have I been afraid, perhaps, to discover who I am? And be willing to go through that fear of self-discovery. It's worth it. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's right. That is right. There is so much power and magic and miracles in the void of not knowing. Mm -hmm. If we think we know who we are, you know, we're constantly changing. Just like our cells are constantly regenerating after a number of months, right? We become a whole new person. So allow yourself to live a number of different lifetimes in this one lifetime that you have to live. Yeah, that's a great point because even if you were in touch with those things and who you were you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, it does change. Yeah. And you almost should be doing, not almost, you should be doing a ongoing exercise of checking in with yourself. That's right. And if you're married or if you have a significant other that you've been with for a long time, it's important too, because who you were when you met that person You're very different. They're very different. So really have a deep conversation with your significant other and say, who are you now? And you may think you know who they are, but have them tell you and then ask them to ask you, who are you? Who are you now? How have you changed? Who do you see yourself becoming in the next year? Who do you want to become? That's where intention setting becomes powerful too, right? I agree with that. And I like those questions, but I was thinking some people are going to find that their spouses aren't ready, willing, wanting to do the work, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Amen. Right? That's right. But I think you can still have some. I was trying to think of a way as you were talking, I was thinking of a way, how can we make it a little lighter for those not willing to really do the deep you know, self-reflection? I think some of the questions still work like... How have you changed in that? What things are fun for you now that you didn't enjoy then? Or what, you know, you can lighten it up a little bit, right? That's right. We're not all at the same page all the time. It does not have to be heavy. In fact, if you're thinking it's going to be heavy, like deep does not always mean heavy. Yeah. Right? We may think that deep means heavy, but it's just It's like we're digging a little bit. Explore. Yeah, we're exploring. Probe under the covers. Yeah, and curious. Get curious. That's like curiosity and fun. They go together. They are partners in crime and they are amazing. If you can bring curiosity and fun to these questions, 
oh my goodness, what will emerge may amaze you. You know, it may be bubbling to the surface and so happy that you brought it up, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, curiosity keeps coming up with everyone that I talk to, to have a curious lens on things versus a judgmental lens. So I think training ourselves to reframe our thoughts around that, right? Yes, to, to that's right. To go probing with the curiosity lens versus a judgment lens. I think that's important. Yeah. I think there's a distinction there. I do too. I love that you brought that up. And you know, often if we're judgmental out there, meaning the people in our lives or you know, whoever we're noticing that we're judgmental, we are judgmental first and foremost with ourselves. Yes. And so how can we bring self-love into the equation? How can we begin to really notice? And that's the first step, right? It's just like, how to, what's the first step with joy? Or what's the first step with self-love is really noticing when we are beating up on ourselves when we are saying, oh, you're so this or you're so that to ourselves, mm -hmm. because if we're doing it inside, we're doing it outside. Jung, who was a famous psychoanalyst, Swiss psychoanalyst, said, what is outside is always inside and vice versa. So, you know, what is inside gets put outside. And so it starts within. How can we begin to love ourselves? And part of that self-love can come from our bodies, interestingly enough, doing the work that we talked about earlier, the curiosity work of like, where am I holding my stress? How can I begin to let that go? Because if we can begin to let that go, that stress go in our bodies, it will move up into our minds. Mm. We can begin to let the stress go in our minds, but, you know, we can't always start with our minds. Like if somebody wants to do meditation, they're going to have that monkey mind inevitably in the beginning. Yeah. So start with your body, begin to let the knots in your body go and breathing. Like I was talking about breath work can be very helpful for that to let the knots go that have been accumulating for years and years, yoga, movement walking all of it you know just simply swinging your arms if you're like not a dancer but you want to like just do a little snake dance you know like <laughs> let loose relax a little yeah, yeah. and just yeah. notice how you feel this tingliness yeah after you do that this bubbling up that wants to come it's powerful it is powerful and i think noticing is a great word because even when you start doing those things the mm -hmm. the relaxation mechanisms and noticing how it makes you feel that yes. is a first step that is definitely a first step it is that's right well i feel like we've been all over the map but this has been I fantastic know. i think we've we've given some really great uh, pointers and a framework out there for people to just start thinking about how to really set their intentions and build some practices and open up to the possibility and create more connections. Connection definitely mm -hmm. leads to joy. So I think we've, we've hit on all those things. Before we go, I, of course, we'll put all your links and ways that people can connect with you in the show notes, but I want to give you an opportunity 
Is there anything we didn't hit on that you wish we did or any final parting advice you want to leave with the audience? Yeah. So I think it starts with self-reflection, which can lead to self-connection. And starting there can ripple out. So bring it back home, really. And by home, I mean back home into your body, into your heart, into your mind. Begin to be willing and curious to look within, to discover. If you are a foreign country that you're exploring, what do you like? You know, it may be that it's been a while since you've known who you are and you may not be the person that you thought you were and allow yourself to be different. Maybe you've never considered yourself a fun, joyful person, but maybe it's because you've been working so hard for so many years or you've been so focused on the kids for so many years or your ailing parents for so many years or you know building a business for so many years and so take some of that energy that you've been putting out there and put it in here into yourself i love that and i think just to add on to that who you were before or once were does not have to be who you are now that's right thank you so much for joining me today this has been fantastic Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed that interview that Marianne did with me on her podcast called Message in the Middle. If you would like to find out more about Marianne's podcast, you can go to the show notes page, which is prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 128. That is the number 128. Again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 128. There you will also find a link to join the private Facebook group, which is called Prosperous Pet Business. It's for listeners of the podcast and people that have pet businesses of all kinds. So I would love to have you be a part of that group and you can find a direct link to the Facebook group on the show notes page. You can also apply to be coached on the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. So if that's something you've been thinking about doing for a while, bite the bullet and do it. Just go for it apply to be coached on the podcast. I would love to work with you. And you can also find out information about my private coaching if you feel shy or you would just prefer to not have people listening to your coaching session. So you can find out more about my pet business coaching on the show notes page. I'm going to give that to you one more time. Again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 128. Again, that's the number 128. I hope that you have a beautiful week or weekend whenever you're listening to this and wherever you're at in the world. Take care. Bye. Did you know that in addition to coaching pet business owners on this podcast, Kristen Morrison also offers private one-on-one business and life coaching sessions, as well as group online classes. Kristen's rapid fire private coaching sessions will help you get the answers to your most important business and life questions. 
Rapid fire sessions are 25 or 50 minutes. If you have one or two specific questions or business issues, this is a fast way to get you pointed in the right direction. Kristen also offers best year yet coaching to help you create an empowering roadmap of 10 business or life goals for the next 12 months. You'll learn how to set powerful monthly and weekly action steps to keep you on track to accomplish even your biggest goals. You can start Best Year Yet coaching at any time of the year. The Best Year Yet starter package includes a two-hour private coaching session with Kristen and goal-setting and tracking software to help you stay on top of your goals all year long. Or if you'd like to book a vacation and experience a day of private coaching, you can take your business and life to the next level with an immersive coaching experience when you book a VIP coaching day with Kristen Morrison in either California or Hawaii. When you book a VIP coaching day, you'll receive customized business and life coaching with Kristen as your guide. You'll also learn what you need to find and hire great staff or attract profitable clients or customers or both. With a VIP coaching day, you'll receive a full day of customized coaching to help you get unstuck in your business and your life, plus a lot more. If you'd like to spend a full day with Kristen and learn how to leap over your roadblocks and create systems and strategies that enable you to work on your business instead of in your business, the VIP coaching day is for you. In addition to private coaching, Kristen teaches live webinars and online workshops. These classes enable you to watch, listen, and learn from wherever you're at in the world. If you're not able to attend the live class date, simply sign up and you'll automatically receive the recording the day after the class. New webinars and workshops are added to the website monthly. The VIP coaching days, private coaching sessions, and monthly group classes give you many options to take your business and life to a new level of growth, satisfaction, and profitability. To find out more, go to prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash grow that's prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash grow or go to this episode's show notes page to find out more about Kristen's private coaching and online classes to begin transforming your pet business or personal life right now to find out more go to prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash grow thank you for listening to the prosperous pet business podcast It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.